Good evening, and welcome, and peace be with you. We have been blessed by very special guests tonight. I would like to introduce you to Dr. Chris Gillette and his wife, Adair. They were here with us uh, for uh, the noontime service, and um, I, I was not exaggerating when I said I think this is a little taste of heaven that we had with between the two of you, with your beautiful playing and your voices. I just want to thank you for blessing us, and, and we are really in for it again tonight. So thank you. Thank you very much. Tonight, I'd like to do the same thing I did today, and that was um, our Lutheran uh, aerobics meaning getting up and sitting down and getting up and sitting down, I would like to give you all permission to sit and remain seated if you'd like during the time when we sing. And otherwise, I will ask you to stand when we are praying and during our confession and absolution. Does that sound like that's okay? You know, stand if you like, but please feel free to, to sit down. Okay, so would you please stand? Our call to worship this evening is from Isaiah 53 in Hebrews 4. It is on page 2 of your bulletin. He was wounded for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. All of us like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You may be seated. Our opening hymn is O Sacred Head Now Wounded on page 117.
Will you please stand? If we say that we are, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the, and the truth is just not in us. But if we confess... Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, graciously behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. This evening is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 13 through uh, chapter 53, verse 12. And this can be found in your pew Bible on page 1145. Isaiah wrote this about 600 years before the birth of Jesus. And the words come back 600 years later. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and, and highly exalted just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. 
Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The second reading is taken from Psalm 22, verses 1 through 31, which we will read responsively. Psalm 22 is a psalm, psalm written by King David about 900 years before the birth of Jesus. And you will see these words again 900 years later. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises, and you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. 
from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of fashion encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. But you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. The epistle this evening is taken from Paul's uh, letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. And this can be found in your pew Bible on page 1753. Romans chapter 5, beginning with the sixth verse. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? 
Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter. Pray, glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this evening is indeed from St. Luke, chapter 23. It's verses 33 through 43 and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1641. Luke 23, 33 through 43. When they came to the place called the Skull, They crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up and they mocked him. And they offered him wine vinegar and they said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him and said, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Tonight's sermon is titled, Standing in Forgiveness. Standing in Forgiveness. And on this day, this very, very dark day, Five words make all the difference for Jesus. These same 
five words make all the difference for the rest of us, for you and for me. These five words bring to our ears both mortifying horror and unbridled joy. The five words are these. Are you ready? Five words. While we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. The content of these five words is what nailed Jesus to the cross. These five words unleash horror when we realize and recognize that it is us. It is our sin that really nailed him there. And yet, without the horror, without that grisly scene, there never would be the unbridled joy of four words that follow these five. And those four words are these. Christ died for us. Now, words mean things. The weight of words can bring hurt. And they can bring help. They can bring trouble. And they can bring triumph. When words are strung together to form a sentence, they have the capability of changing the world. And this one sentence certainly did. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. Now in his fourth sermon for Holy Week, in 1534, Martin Luther said this. He said, in his greatest suffering, torment, and disgrace, Jesus appears, Jesus appears to not see or feel anything. His only concern, all that he sees and all that he cares for is your and my misery. He sees and he cares about your and my anguish and great distress. Could there be greater or more fervent love than that? The love of Jesus is so selfless and sacrificial that it is difficult to put into words. But the words of Luther get right to the point. We are more valuable to Jesus than is his own life. Words are weighted with unparalleled meaning when they come out of the mouth of the word. 
that became flesh. And as he was dying on the cross, Jesus spoke words that had a blatant disregard for his own well-being. Think about that. His words had a blatant disregard for his own well-being, but they also had a laser-like focus on our eternal benefit. How? Let me tell you, he said his first words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Imagine that. Who does that? These words echoed through time all the way down to us to deliver just what they say. Because those words were accompanied by his blood flowing from his hands and his feet. And they were filled with forgiveness, these words, that enters our ears. Enters our ears and cleanses our hearts. Forgiveness is what we need most. Because if we're being honest, we must acknowledge that the words Isaiah spoke about us thousands of years ago, they're true. They're still true. And those words, if you'll recall from the readings tonight, were, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Without a shepherd, we are lost. We don't know which way to go. We can only follow our own wishes, our own whims. The words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts, they have not been pleasing in the sight of the Lord Almighty. They just have not been. Because of our sinful and wayward nature, we find ourselves in the midst of all kinds of hurt and all kinds of pain. We see and feel every last bit of suffering, every last bit of torment and disgrace that comes our way. We are blatantly aware of those things that affect us. When we are in pain, we find it impossible to focus on anyone but ourselves. We find ourselves especially tormented over the pain of death that we deserve because of our sin. And our words become weighted and doubt-filled worry. But not Jesus. Throughout the course of his entire ministry, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. And as he made his way toward your salvation, his concern was for you. And in the pain and in the torment of the cross, his focus was on you. Each one of us, his focus was on you. His desire was for you to live a life to the full. Now let's listen 
to what his words that he has for you are. You'll recognize them. You've heard them before. It's good for us to be reminded. This comes from Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Matthew 14, verse 27, he says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. In Matthew 25, 34, he says, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 28, 20, I am, I love those, I am with you always to the end of the age. Luke 12, 32, he says, fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John 7, 37. Wow, just lavish it on us, Jesus. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You feeling a little comforted now? There's more. Another I am statement. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's John 10, 4 through 5. John 8, 51, the truly, 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 I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And finally, in John 11, verses 25 through 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Okay. Here's the thing. In order to make all of these words certain for you, Jesus uttered three final words on that Friday, on this Friday that we call good. He uttered three words as he commended his spirit into his father's hands and gave up his life for you. He said, it is finished. And with those words, everything necessary for your salvation has been fulfilled. It is full. He didn't say, I'm finished. He didn't say, you're finished. He said, it is finished. That means that sins are forgiven, that debt has been paid, and life has been made new for you and for me. And remember, it all happened while we were still sinners. 
Christ died for us ungodly creatures so that our misery, our distress, our anguish would be replaced with the unbridled joy of forgiveness, with new life and eternity with a Savior whose fervent love did everything necessary to rescue and save. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there are no more joyful words that we could ever, ever hear. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Beautiful. Thank you. Will you please stand? Tonight, our prayer for God's people requires a response from you when I say, Jesus, Lamb of God, you will respond with, have mercy on us and grant us peace. And I'll say it with you. Let us pray. Savior and Lord, you put our needs ahead of your own. In obedience to your Father's will, you went to the cross, suffering the penalty of death that, that we deserved. Accept our humble thanks and praise. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us and grant us peace. Savior and Lord, as you put our interests ahead of your own, help us by your Spirit to do the same with others. Lead us to walk in love as you walked and to offer comfort hope, and healing in your name to those who are in need. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us and grant us peace. Savior and Lord, you alone are light and hope for a world lost in the darkness of sin. Empower us to be bold witnesses for you so that Others will come to know and worship you as Lord. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us and grant us peace. And all of God's children said, Amen. After the benediction, I'm going to have you sit as we sing When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, and then... Um, Chris plays a beautiful postlude as well, so um, enjoy. Stay seated. We've got plenty of time to leave, but we don't have him forever, so let's enjoy that. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And it's on page 482 when I survey the wondrous cross.
Yeah.